You're highly welcome to the Precious People's Assembly for All Nations podcast, a place where we share God's word and empower you for your assignment in the marketplace, guided by Senior Pastor Sam Otenaki. Now, why don't you sit tight for today's sermon as we dig deep into the word and discover how to be God's representatives wherever we go. Yes, just appreciate him tonight. What an awesome God he is. Our hearts are lifted up to you, Lord. Thank you because you are the God of all seasons. We appreciate you, Lord. You are the God of all all terrains. You are the God of the mountain. You are the God of the valley. You are the God of the dry season. You are the God of the wet season. You are the God of all seasons. You are the God of all terrains. We appreciate you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. Amen. And the people of God say, Hallelujah. Let's give it up to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Please, you're welcome tonight to the hour of discovery. Today, the 4th of May. 2023. Hallelujah. Please, you may be seated. Glory to God. Thank God because he's the God of all seasons and he's the God of all terrains. Hallelujah. In the last couple of weeks, we began to look at the subject Contending for the faith. And I bet you there is no better time to look at this subject than the particular seasons we are in. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. And um, within the series, we began to emphasize one theme that is synonymous with contending for the faith. But our text will read from Jude verses 1 to 3. Jude verses 1 to 3. The English Standard Version. Beloved, although I was Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, I'm glad that I am called. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I'm called. Hallelujah. Do I have a witness in the house? Are you glad you are called? Hallelujah. Beloved in God the Father. Are you a beloved in God? Do you see yourself as being beloved of God? Hallelujah. He loved you while you are yet sinner. That's what it means to be loved. A beloved means somebody that has been loved without condition. With your baggage, he loved you. With my baggage, he loved me. He loved us so much. Even when we did not merit it, so he says we are beloved. He has loved us even before we, we warranted it, before we merited it. Hallelujah. Beloved in God the Father, and we have been kept for Christ. May the Lord keep you for Christ. May you not fall to the shenanigans of the season. 
in the name of Jesus. May the temporary pains and afflictions you are going through not dissuade you out of the love of Christ in Jesus' name. Glory to God. It is important to read these greetings. Don't just bypass them because they are words of encouragement. Encourage us. Hallelujah. So Apostle Jude was greeting the believers. And he said, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. I thought I would have an amen. May the mercy of God be multiplied to you. May his peace guard your hearts. And may his love be multiplied unto you in the name of Jesus. Verse 3. He then began to, after greeting the brethren, he began to encourage them. In the New King James, the title of that subhead from verse 3 to verse 4 is Contend for the Faith. In the English Standard Version, it is Judgment on False Teachers. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. So verse 3 reads, and I quote, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. I will join verse 4 to it to throw some light into what Apostle Jude was saying to, the, to, saying to us. For certain people, this is the reason to contend for the faith. For certain people have crept in unnoticed. Who long ago they were designated for this condemnation? Who are they? Ungodly people. But they have crept in amongst us and we are not even noticing them. Hallelujah. Ungodly people, people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Please give it to me in the New King James. Verse 4. Certain men have crept in unnoticed. Who long ago they were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Please give us verse 4 in the NIV. They turn the grace of our God into lewdness. They turn it to lewdness. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality. And they deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. So they convert and pervert the grace of God as a license for all manners of evil concupiscence. As a license for immorality. They pervert the grace of our God. 
And the Bible says, for this reason we must contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to all the saints. Shout hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. So after taking through us through our definitions, we began to look at one subject matter which is self-restraint that is synonymous with contending for our faith. And we began to look at the life of Moses as an example to demonstrate what it means to use our faith or to contend for our salvation using our faith to refuse those things that are able to hinder us from making progress on our spiritual journey. Hallelujah. So last Sunday particularly, we looked at the first two. We said there are four things that Moses used his faith to refuse. Hebrews chapter number 11. We've examined two of them. We'll concentrate on the remaining two today. Hebrews 11 from the New International Version, verse 24 to 27. Verse 24. Hebrews 11, 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That's the first thing he used his faith to refuse. He used his faith to reject all the accolades, to reject the perks of office, and all the privileges that being the first son or the first grandson of Egypt will confer on him. He used his faith to refuse them. Hallelujah. He used them to refuse every and all things that that office will have conferred upon him. The Bible calls it the privileges of the Egyptian royal house. Without even going further to look at into the superpowers, the Nigerian presidency is a type of a royal house. And believe you me, I'm not so sure. Maybe the American president is as powerful as the Nigerian president. The Nigerian president has unlimited access to all the resources. And nobody can check him. Nobody can... Can I have an amen? Somebody says, but pastor, there's separation of power. The National Assembly is there. Who dare, who born you in Nigeria? Who born you? Glory to God. When you try it, you'll be impeached and recalled to your, constitu- to your constituency. Can I have an amen? But God will get us to the place where our leaders will become accountable to the people. Because without the citizenship, there is no leadership. Can I have an amen? So Moses, that was the first thing he used his faith to refuse. To refuse to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused the privileges of the Egyptian royal house. And for you and I, it means we must use our faith in contending for our faith. We must use that faith to refuse every worldly privilege that is contending with our faith and can hinder our journey into the kingdom of God. Number two, verse 25. The second thing Moses used his faith to refuse 
He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Hallelujah. In other words, he refused to be given royal treatment and chose to be mistreated. He chose to be mistreated. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And he used his faith to refuse to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. We did say to us that when that word fleeting means something that is temporary, something that is transitionary. Hallelujah. He used his faith to refuse those fleeting pleasures. Hallelujah. Again, we took liberty to look at the life of Joseph as another example of someone who used his faith to refuse the fleeting pleasures of sin. Glory to God. You know the story of Joseph so well, Genesis 39. He refused the fleeting pleasures of sin to camaraderie with Madame Potiphar. Instead, he chose to go to prison. For his sin, he did not commit. But he found pleasure in that. He was pleased with that. He was ready to go to the prison. Hallelujah. Let me ask you a question. If you are in Joseph's shoe, what would you have done? Be honest with me. Can I help you? You will go to Oga and say, Oga, let me tell you the truth. This is the truth of what happened. It was Madame that was running after me. And I had to run for my life. How many of you will do that? Amen. Clap for yourselves. See, we have many genuinely born again believers. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If Joseph had done that, what would have been the consequences? Let's reason together. What would have happened? Would Oga have believed you or believed Madame? Huh? You will believe Madame. So what will happen to you? Eh? They, will, they may kill you. Right? If Madame, maybe your guy's been seeing signs and your guy choose to believe you, what will have happened? Huh? Break the home. Right? But do you think that will still cut it? Fine. All those Joseph may find justice, temporary justice. Will he have landed in the prison? No. But his destiny and the vehicle that will take him to promised land was waiting for him in the prison. He will have missed the train that will have conveyed him to become the prime minister. Hallelujah. Are you here? But he chose to be mistreated. He chose to go to the prison. If he had explained himself and sent emissaries, please come and beg uh, Oga for me. You know I didn't do it. You know I didn't do this. What would have happened? Oga would have listened. If he brought some eminent people that could speak with Oga, Oga would say, it's because of you. Okay, I pardon you. But you would no longer be in control in my house. 
go and be serving, go and be washing cars, go and be doing something. Do you understand what I'm saying? But do you think in that home, his life can ever be the same? He will never be able to enjoy the privileges that he used to enjoy. As long as my dad is still there. Can I have an amen? And more importantly, he will have missed the train that God destined for him. That train was waiting in the prison to take him to become prime minister. But because he has chosen to find justice for himself, he will have missed that train. Can I have an amen? You will not miss your train of destiny. I said you will not miss your train of destiny in the name of Jesus. I'm highlighting that to you because sometimes some of us are you know, so holy, we are so righteous, you want to just say the truth, you, want to, you don't want to offend anybody, you know, you just want... Moses chose to be mistreated along with the people of God than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Joseph also chose. If this thing will take me to the prison, I would rather sin, I, I would rather, you know what, let me, whatever they want to do to me, let them do. But I'm not going to enjoy these fleeting pleasures of sin. Shout hallelujah. Can I have an amen? But he went to the prison. Many times, when you face persecutions, don't try to find an easy way out. Confront it headlong. There are lessons God wants you to learn from those persecutions. There are lessons he wants you to learn. Don't try to dodge it. Don't try to have a soft landing. Face it headlong and go through the process and let God vindicate you. Can I have an amen? God vindicated Joseph. He did for Moses. And he can do so for you. He will vindicate you. In the name of Jesus. So he used his faith to choose to be mistreated. Rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin that is for a moment. Hallelujah. So number three. This was where we stopped on Sunday. Let's look at the third thing. That Moses used his faith to refuse. Verse 26. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Hallelujah. What does this mean? By faith, he refused the treasures of Egypt. That's what number three is saying. He refused the treasures of Egypt by faith. He considered them of greater value. The disgrace with Christ than whatever treasures Egypt has to offer. Glory to God. By faith, he refused the treasures of Egypt. Egyptian wealth Remember, we said to us, Egypt was this world's superpower during the time of Moses. Just like America is the world's superpower today, Egypt was the world's superpower in the time of Moses. So he rejected all the treasures that Egypt has to offer. He refused them just for the sake of Christ. 
Hallelujah. The question to ask you is this. Are you ready to receive shame for Christ's sake than accept worldly treasures? Are you ready? Are you ready to refuse worldly celebrations and accept disgrace for Christ? Are you ready? When life puts you in situations where you have to make a choice between worldly acclaim, the praise of men, the celebration of men, than the disgrace and shame of identifying with Christ. Which one will you choose? What will you choose? Is it your personal ego? Is it the worldly celebrations of men? The worldly acclaim and praise and the clap and the ovation of men? Or you will choose to identify with Christ. Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ, greater treasure, greater value than anything Egypt had to offer. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Let me put it simply, because you are saying they are the treasures of Egypt. Are you ready to remain poor? Are you ready to remain unknown? Are you ready to reject the worldly riches? If what it will take is compromise, cheating, fraud, changing books and all of that, if that is all it will take to make you blow, are you ready to remain poor just for the sake of Christ or you are ready to damn the consequences and do whatever it takes to blow? That's what this point is, all talk, is talking about. Because today, I even see many young people who are eager to blow. They just want to blow at all means, by all means. I was in Ibadan a few days ago, last week, and the cab driver who worked with me for the few days I was there is a graduate. He has HND Agricacons. He said, sir, during COVID, ha, ah, life dealt with me. He said, life dealt with me. I said, really? He said, yes. He said, there was no food to eat. There was nothing to eat. He will cry. He said, then his wife said, thank God for our wives. Hallelujah. He said, his wife said, are you going to stay here for hunger to kill us? Look, you better go to the garage. Just go to the garage and go and be doing kabu kabu. And during COVID, he said, he said, it's true, I will cry and cry. But when his wife said that, he just carried himself, went to the garage. And then he would go to the Molete garage. And when he got there, they, they would chase him away. That, what do you mean? So he said, the first day he went, he tried to, you know, cut corner, just sole. You know what sole is? How many of you know what sole is? Sole is those ones that does not park inside the garage. Inside the garage, if they are carrying Lagos, 10,000, sole can be 6,000. Just by the roadside, and they always better cars. You know, maybe they send one guy and he wants to just cut corner. So he said he parked there, and then they ran after him and beat him up. To cut long story short, after several abuses, they allowed him to start loading. Then he would take people from Ibadan, challenge. He would take them to Ogba in Lagos. So when he drops them at Ogba, he wouldn't want to come back empty. So what will he do? He now began to find a way to lobby the garage people there. Sometimes they say, okay, don't worry. He said, when they load him from Ibadan, his car will take four people. They will take 
the money for, no, his car will take six people. They will take the money for three people, and then he will take for three. Then later they had mercy. They will take two. He will take four. Hallelujah. Then when he gets to Lagos, he says sometimes he will sleep in the garage for two nights just because he doesn't want to come back empty before he's loaded. Hallelujah. And then we had a good talk. He said until he was able to break through. I said, did you break through? He said, yes. So then the person who gave him the vehicle, he was not the owner of the vehicle, now took it. He now had to go and plead for a, what do they call that thing? Higher purchase. That this car I'm using now, okay, I have finished paying the higher purchase. It's now my own. Hallelujah. When he told me this story, listen, what option did he have? He had a wife, he had children. Will he go and steal? Is that not a better disgrace to face than to go and steal? Is somebody with me? I'm painting this picture so that you will understand and connect with what Moses did. He chose disgrace with Christ than what? The treasures of Egypt. Because he was looking ahead for his reward. Hallelujah. So cut long story short, this man now, that's his vehicle. So I said, walk with me. He said, how much will you charge? He said, no, let's just be walking. The first day I got there, the man that carried me just for a few hours, he was policing me. He's not the driver, you know, the owner of the car. They said, I must deposit before I enter the car. I said, they called you from the hotel. I must deposit. I said, okay, I deposited. Just for a few hours, going for service of song, a few hours, he said, I would take 12,000, 15,000. I said, ah, even for Lagos, we know they charge like this. Anyway, we negotiated for 12. I paid 5,000. As we were finishing, his driver gave me the food. I was still talking with my nieces. and all. He said, Oga said he should talk to you. I had not even entered the vehicle. He said, no, before you enter the car, I want his balance. I said, you're crazy. See, we see trouble, though. Hallelujah. Even my granddaughters are laughing at me. I mean, can you imagine? I had not even entered the vehicle. Then when I entered, the, the, the driver was saying, oh, God wants to speak to you. I said, you and your God to hell with you. I'm not speaking with you. But you know, when he said that, as we came out of the service, I went in and I said, ah, he wants his balance. I was angry. I sent his balance to him. So when we're now leaving, he now said they should start talking to me. I said, ah. I was still with my guest and you're embarrassing me. Did you, did you pick me by the roadside? You picked me from the hotel. They called you from the hotel reception. So even if I wanted to run away, you can go to the people there and lodge your complaint. They have my details in their system. So I just made up my mind, this is an irresponsible man. I wasn't going to use him. And he was very popular with the hotel. So when I got back to the hotel, I reported. And they gave me this other man. You know, say, then they talk, say, if person you will no spoil. Another person will not go better. That Baba, I blacklisted him. I told the manager of the hotel, I said, that man will chase away your customers. Don't allow him here. They say, ah, prof. They call him professor. I said, this one, that yeah, yeah, professor. This one will go tear on a book. Hallelujah. Anyway, but look at this young man. Now he has a vehicle of his own at his own pace. 
The amount he called, I gave him extra. Can I have an amen? I gave him extra. Make a no talk. I entered Okada that Saturday with my suitcase like this. Just because I want to be here to bless you on Sunday. <laughs> Hallelujah. We were stuck in traffic and so long. And the flight is for one. This is 20 to 1. I said, oh boy, this is Saturday. The option I have is if I miss this flight, you are taking me to Lagos straight to the airport. Then we'll go to Lagos and catch another flight. I said, but so just be on standby. He went to Luvokada for me. And the guy was speeding. I was just, Glory to God. The plane was waiting for me on the top. I was the last passenger. They said, sorry, we have closed boarding, checking. As, as the plane left, they said, no, but we have closed. I said, okay, this one you cannot close. You can't close. The pilot is waiting for him. Tell him. So, so, and so is waiting here. And then he said, okay, where's your ID card? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Friends, listen to me. What has the world got to offer you? Compared To the reward that is waiting for you. Do you value worldly goods much more than the fear of God? If nobody is watching you, God is almighty is. There's nothing that we do. We taught you that several revelations. The CCTV is recording everything you are saying and everything you are doing. Whether in secret or in the open. Hallelujah. But it takes our faith to refuse those things. Because when they confront us in the face, when you look at all the treasures, when you look at the, how many digits that can come to your account, in that moment, you just damn the consequence and say, I beg, we'll settle with my bad God. Ah, <laughs> you can settle. But the consequences, you pay the price. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Friends, I don't know what it is. You are willing, the sacrifice you are willing to pay. Please, I beg you, young man, if you don't want to get blown away, consider the disgrace of Christ of greater value than whatever it is this world has got to offer you. You may want to blow, but that thing can blow away your destiny. But that will not be our portion in the name of Jesus. Message, verse 26. Message, verse 26. He valued suffering in the Messiah's camp far greater than Egyptian wealth because he was looking ahead. Hallelujah. Anticipating the payoff. Do you anticipate the payoff? Do you even think there is a payoff at all? Or you think all of this you are doing is just for nothing? No, our God is not an unjust God. There's a payday that is coming. Hallelujah. And you will live to partake of your own payday in the name of Jesus. He says because he was looking ahead. What kept him was when he remembers the consequences. And he can't, I can't afford to miss the mark. I can't afford to be rejected by my God. No, no, no. I won't do this. And then you receive strength. So by faith, he was strengthened to refuse anything and all things that will hinder him on his spiritual journey. 
I pray that this grace becomes yours. I say this grace will be yours in the name of Jesus. Moses was taking his cue from our master and the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11, verse chapter 12, verse number 2. He was taking his cue from Christ. Hallelujah. Somebody said, but Christ came before Moses. Christ was before Moses. Can I have an amen? Glory to God. We show you that. Didn't I show you that in Jude? Who was the one that delivered the children of Israel from the Red Sea? You saw there, Jesus Christ. So Moses was learning from Jesus. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, verse number 2, Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we are in. You will finish yours, and you will finish it well. Can I have an amen? He both began and he finished. He's the author and the finisher. That race that you have begun, you will finish it. I say you will finish the race. And you will receive an applause from heaven in the name of Jesus. He both began and he finished the race that we are in. Study how he did it. How did he do it? How did Christ do it? He never lost sight of where he was headed. His eyes was on, the fo- was on, on God. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. He never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. And as a result, he could put up with anything along the way. Hallelujah. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor. Right alongside God. Are you ready to put up with anything because you know where you're going? Are you ready? That's what we are saying. Are you ready? For some of you, any small inconvenience in the office, your boss abuses you, you are ready to pack your bag and go. Go, hunger, and I ain't go, why are you? And imagine, I'm even older than him. He's talking to me anyhow. Did they not talk to Jesus anyhow? Did they not spit at Jesus? Physician, heal yourself. You think he couldn't have just even not pray out, not say a word out. He could command legions. But yet he put up with it. Are you learning how Jesus did it? Are you studying how he did it? Do you have the mind of Christ? Do you have the attitude of Christ? Hallelujah. Just study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. He was looking forward to the reward. I see many Christians. I told you the other day, the major challenge of Christianity today is complain. We are always complaining. Complain of everything. We complain of everything. The situation is not right. The condition is not right. We are always complaining. And if you are a complainant, you will never see any good. It may be difficult for you to see a way out. Why don't you change your mind? Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, was able to endure the cross and bear the pain. Was able to put up with anything along the way. Anything. Shame. What have you? Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? Can I have a big amen? amen. Look, friends, listen. These things are real. Whether at home 
You're not ready to put up with anything. You're always rebellious. To get to where you are going will be difficult. Whether in your husband's house, you're not ready to put up with anything. To get to where you are going will be difficult. Whether as a student, you're not ready to put up with anything. You may never be able to get that degree that you have been laboring for. Can I have an amen? You must be ready to put up with anything. Keeping in view where you are headed. Let's keep it in view. Glory to God. I asked that taxi driver, that car hire. I said, now, the right hand for your face, all the suffering where you suffer, the right hand for your head. He says, no. Said, what lessons have you learned? He said, oh God, there is nothing I cannot survive. I said, there you go. He said, you will be crying. He said, the motor park in Lagos, those boys were so ferocious that he had to leave that motor park and go to another motor park where the people, the drivers there were younger. So they were more accommodating. So, but there was one of them, even though all the people, you know, accepted him that, ah, this is one of us. Hey, bros. Say so when they told him, asked him for his story, then one of the boys came and said, you, you see now? You, maybe you, you went to school. Now you have come to join us in the garage. Eh? I said, that night he cried. I said, you said you'll be weeping prophet. Oh. Any small thing they cry. What did they do you? He said he cried that eh? after upon all your education, you have come to meet us in the garage. I said, why are you crying? Have you not left him in the garage now? So what was the cry? <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, have you not left him in the garage? You came there temporarily. Now condition make crayfish bend. Eh? And that condition don't pass. Your condition will pass. In the name of Jesus. Whatever is the situation that is causing you to bend is just temporary. It's temporary. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So Moses learned from the master Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible says he could put up with anything along the way. Shame, cross, whatever. Say whatever. 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 Is that not the way you guys say it? He was ready to put up with whatever. What are you ready to put up with? No food. Convert it to fasting. In those days, if there is no money, it's automatic fast. You convert it to fast. There is no complaining. Yeah, there is no food to it. Shut up your mouth. If it involves going for biribiri, convert it to biribiri. And suck all the spiritual juices there. Instead of feeling like hunger strike. Which hunger strike? Shout hallelujah. Glory to God. But you'll be moaning and complaining. Hey, yeah. And you see, if my parents were rich now, I wouldn't be in this condition. Shut up your mouth. Who says? Which condition are you that nobody has been in? There is nothing that is happening to you that is not common to man. God is only giving you an opportunity to grow up. Let me tell your neighbor to grow up. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. And now is there in place of honor right alongside God. Give me verses 3 and 4. Consider him who endured from sinners. Verse 3 and 4. When you find yourselves, please listen attentively, flagging in your faith. Because I perceive many of us are flagging in our faith. It says, go over that story again. Item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through. 
Go through the story of Christ. Receive encouragement. Go through the story of Joseph. Receive encouragement. Go through the story of Moses and receive encouragement. Study the master Jesus. It says go through the story. Litany, the long list, the long litany of hostility. Item by item that he passed through. The spat of his face. They gave him vinegar to eat. They visited him. They, they mocked him. They put upon him. You say you are the king of the Jews. A crown of thorns. Mocked everything he stood for. Let's go through. Item by item. That long litany of hostility that he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your soul. Hallelujah. In other words, that will inject strength into you. Remember what your master went through. Who are you? A master, a servant is not greater than his master. If my master went through this and he survived and is now seated at the right hand of God, then I know I will survive. Glory to God. Says so that we shoot adrenaline into your souls. In this all-out match against sin, others have suffered far worse than you. To say nothing of what Jesus went through. All that bloodshed. Glory to God. That's why you must watch those you associate with. Those that will encourage you. Not dream killers. Not discouragers. Not those that will set you against the cause of God. But those that will encourage you and pull you by the hand. And say, come on boy. Come on girl. Let's push on. Glory to God. When you hear other people's stories, you know that yours is a child's play. Glory to God. And you should become encouraged. Praise God forevermore. Your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Glory to God. Moses refused the treasures of Egypt. He considered disgrace with Christ of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. In this country, we have had those who have killed countless lives. Have you heard of those medicine dealers who use chalk to produce pharmaceuticals? Haven't you? What do they want to make? Treasures of the world. Treasures of Egypt. Treasures of Egypt. Or those who put water and some unknown chemicals inside bottles. It's a medicine that they use to you know, the one, the, uh, what is this? Right, they say they want to induce women. When they are going through labor, they want to induce. And they just keep pumping water. It's water they are giving you. There's nothing inside. And then they stress you out. The baby becomes tired. The mother becomes tired. Sometimes the baby dies. Sometimes the mother dies. Kills innocent lives. Just because they want to make money. Thank God for the memory of Dora Kunyili. Hallelujah. Who fought a hard battle. Eventually, she paid the ultimate price with her life. But her blood will continue to speak against those evil perpetrators in that sector in the name of Jesus. She fought the hard battle and hunted them down. Thank God for what Navda is today. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? amen. We are talking of what you can use your faith to refuse, to refuse the treasures of Egypt over and above, and to embrace the disgrace of Christ. Sometimes, to live righteously involves a lot of shame and disgrace. Your peers will shame you. Your colleagues 
will disgrace you. They will do all manners of stuff just to, but you must know where you're going. Hallelujah. You must consider the reward that is afar off. That should pump adrenaline into your soul. I pray that that will be your portion in Jesus' name. Number four thing that Moses uses faith to refuse. Verse 27. Hebrews 11, 27. By faith, he left Egypt. Hebrews eleven twenty seven. By faith, he left Egypt. Not fearing the king's anger, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. I love this. And I want you to take note. Hallelujah. We are reading the NIV. In verse 26, he was looking ahead to his reward. Because of that reward, there was no earthly reward that meant anything much to him. Can I have an amen? Because he was looking forward to the great reward. And now, verse 27, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Are you conscious of the presence of God? He was conscious of the invisible. Are you conscious of the presence of God? Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. So by faith, Moses left Egypt, a type of the world, with all it had to offer, and persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Give it to us in the message. Verse 27 in the message. By an act of faith, he turned his heel on Egypt. He was indifferent to the king's blind rage. He had his eye on the one no eye can see and kept right on going. Are you, have you ever connected with the one no eye can see? Is your eyes on the invisible? Because he's talking about the consciousness of the presence of God. Are you conscious of the presence of God? Are you conscious that when you talk, God is there as a witness? That's why some languages, I just, it, it, it makes me cringe when I hear people use certain foul languages. Can I have an amen? Because around me is the presence of God. I don't want those kind of languages around me. I don't want those kind of, because I'm conscious of the presence of God. Hallelujah. He turned his heel on Egypt. He turned his heel on the world. Because he had his eye on the one no eye can see. And he kept on right going. Hallelujah. Let me ask you friends, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters. Have you turned your back to Egypt? Have you turned your back to Egypt? Have you turned your back to the world? Are there areas of your life that are still rooted in Egypt? Because for many of us, there are areas of our lives that are still rooted in Egypt, in the world. It is high time you used your faith to turn your back on the practices of the world. Hallelujah. There are certain folks, no matter how Christian, no matter how born again, no matter how speaking in tongues they are, they still believe that sex before marriage is acceptable culturally. 
They want to test whether the woman is fruitful. Hello? They say, you have to, no, we have to go there. If we don't go to Jerusalem, we cannot. Hallelujah. Or the parents of the bride, or the parents give a condition. Is she pregnant? You say, you fix a date for marriage. You say, which date? Is she pregnant? If she's not, I know you cannot fix date. How many of you know what I'm talking of? It happens. Practices that are still rooted in Egypt, rooted in the world. And yet we say we are believers. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Our eyes must be fixed looking unto Jesus. First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2 verses 15 to 17. The message. Let's go straight to the message. First John 2, 15 to 17, the message. It's talking of Moses. By faith, he turned his heel on Egypt. Oh, Ferege, he turned his heel to Egypt. He turned his heel against the world. And I got born again. Pastor said to me, Bro, anything you are not clear on, do a one 80 degrees. If you don't know the mind of God on any matter, just do 180 degrees. What's 180 degrees? Huh? U-turn. Hallelujah. And what's U-turn? Opposite direction. Not 360 degrees, 180. Just do a U-turn and keep going. Until you discover that that thing is right, then you can come back. And that began, that helped me and guided me. Can I have an amen? I had a girlfriend that we have been going out for years, two, three years in university. But the moment I got born again, I told her I was going for youth service. And now the youth service became born again. As I was finishing my youth service, at the end of the youth service. And I said, bye-bye. My pastor said 180 degrees. So I turned my back. Even to girlfriend. She didn't offend me, nothing. Her mother was the one that typed my manuscript for my project in finals. Can I have an email? Over 200 pages. She typed it. I could have been attached sentimentally and say, you know, but they say 180 degrees and I'm ready to serve this master. I turned 180 degrees. Hallelujah. When it was the lady's graduation, I went for a graduation from me. We are doing the first ever prayer and fasting, 30 days prayer and fasting I will ever do in my life. And the last three days was biri biri, no food, no drink. And I had to travel in the midst of those three days. And I got to the graduation. I went to their house where they celebrated me and welcomed me. Uh, some of them did. Then they started whispering. We went for the celebration in the campus, University of Lagos, came back home. I still was not eating. First day, I did not eat. Second day, I did not eat. They say you don't collect madness with this Christianity. Because first day, I did not eat. Second day, why did I come? Why did he come? Why did he come? See, I see how skinny he has become. They were all gossiping and I was hearing. I said, praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. 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 By faith, Moses turned his heel on Egypt. Are you ready to turn your heel on the world? You're going to contend for your faith. You must be ready. Don't love the world's ways. 
Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. There is no way you can love the world, the world's ways, the world's goods, and you think you still have the love of the Father in there. No! Stop deceiving yourself. Stop deceiving yourself. He squeezes out love for the Father. Love the world's ways. Say, well, it doesn't matter, you know. Are you now saying that uh, we should not... uh, uh, What are you saying? Wisdom of God. says, don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Verse 16. Hallelujah. Practically, everything that goes on in the world... What's the summary of those things that go on in the world? Number one, wanting your own way. When you see somebody who always wants his or her own way, watch out. It's the worldly spirit that is driving him. Wanting your own way. Number two, wanting everything for yourself. The spirit of greed is a spirit of the world. This one is me. They bring this one, it's me. They bring this one, it's me. It's everything he likes. He cannot even prefer in honor, prefer one to the other. If you ask them to choose, there are two things, and the two of you, they want you to choose. He will choose first. It's always me, I, me, myself. It's the spirit of the world. When you bring something, he says, oh, no, choose, take your choice. Learn from your father, Abraham. God says, oh, yeah, choose between you. I say, eh, me, I'm the Egmont. Yeah, lot. Lift up your eyes. Anywhere you like, choose. He did not say, yeah, that place is more posh. That ministry is a ministry of enjoyment. This ministry, there's no good ministry. Which are the juicy ministries in Nigeria? Tell me. Eh, which one are the juicy ministries? Petroleum. Which other one? You know them. And they ask you to choose. You go and choose the juicy ones. When you get there, the juice will dry up. Hallelujah. Because prosperity is not in a place, it's in a person. When you get there, even if it is Sahara Desert, when you get there, because you are carrying God, everything there will yield and will yield to your presence because you are carrying God. Can I have an amen? So practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself. Number three, wanting to appear Hallelujah. Is there somebody here that doesn't like to appear important? You want to feel important. Hallelujah. You all truly have suffered. Once upon a time, a friend of mine, a pastor friend, invited us to Sheraton Hotel. I carried my wife, carried protocol, carried everybody, about five or six of us went to celebrate with him. They were having their anniversary. Former church, we just finished service. So I carried my protocol team, you know, all of them doing gra gra. Uh, when we got there, they gave us a place. The man did not even recognize us. He didn't even recognize me that I came into the place. And he and his wife brought the invitation to my house to invite me specially. She's witness. Carried themselves to. And I said, ah, let's honor them. His wife and I were classmates in the university. And we were a bit close. So let's honor them. We got there. He didn't even, as if he didn't. Then after the service, 
My wife was so angry. I said, what are you waiting for? What else? You want to receive second level of disgrace? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Wanting to appear important. I said that to say that there is nobody who doesn't like to appear important. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? We all like to appear important, to be recognized. But watch it. It's a worldly spirit. Can I have an amen? It's a worldly spirit. It's the word of God we are reading. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, Jesus made himself of what? No reputation. So one thing to appear important is your reputation. It's the worldly spirit. Glory to God. You must die to self. When you die to self, those things don't bother you. It's just that next time where they invite you, you know you are not going. Can I have an amen? Praise God forevermore. No love lost. You just know that you have to mind yourself. Next time when they carry the invitation come. <laughs> Thank you. God bless you. Hallelujah. What am I looking for? Praise God forevermore. I said praise God forevermore. Practically everything that goes on in the world, number one, wanting your own way. If you are the type that is always wanting your own way, it is the spirit of the world. Wanting everything for yourself. And number three, wanting to appear important. It has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from him. Don't get isolated from God. Lord, don't give me what I deserve. What I want. Give me what you want for me. Hallelujah. It's not what you want that matters. It's what he wants for you. Because it's not your life you are living. It is his life. May you not be isolated from the Father. In the name of Jesus. And look at verse 17 as we begin to close. To pray. The world and all its all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. I want this. I want that. I want a car. I want a husband. I want this. I want all the wanting and wanting and wanting. They are on the way out. They are on the way out. Or do you know what we remain? Whoever does what God wants is the one that is set for eternity. Hallelujah. It's the pursuit of the will of God that prepares you for eternity. You ready for the pursuit of the will of God? Don't give me what I want. It's what you will for my life that you should give me. I don't want anything. I only want what you will for me. Hallelujah. Whoever does what God wants is the one that is set for eternity. But to be able to do this, to be able to turn your back against the world, you must set your eyes on him that is invisible. Your eye must be connected to the one that no eye can see. He's talking of, can you go back there, message, verse 27. He's talking of a personal connection. Hallelujah. Your eye is connected to him that no one can see. He's talking of a personal connection. It's Hebrews 11, 27. He's talking of that personal relationship, personal communion. 
Hallelujah. As I'm going around, my eyes can catch yours and our eyes can become four. And I can send a message to you that no other person can decode. Hallelujah. He's talking of that personal connection. There must be that personal connection. Set his eyes on the one that no one can see. Hallelujah. He turned his heel on Egypt. Indifferent to the king's blind rage. He had his eye. Your eye must be single and connected to the one that no eye can see. He's saying that eternal, personal, deep connection that is born out of fellowship of a father to son. That is what will keep you right on going. Let's rise up on our feet tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, we are grateful to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord, we're talking about self-restraint, contending for the faith. In contending for the faith, Moses used his faith to refuse four things. Number four, he used his faith to leave Egypt. He used his faith to reject, to turn his back, even on the world. He used his faith to refuse the treasures of Egypt. Instead, he used his faith to regard disgrace, even with Christ, as of greater value. Moses chose to be mistreated. He used his faith to be mistreated. He refused the fleeting pleasures of sin. And you know what? Moses also refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Let's talk to God this evening. You know those areas of your weakness. You know those areas of your life that are still rooted in worldly roots. That are still rooted in Egypt. That are still rooted in the world. You know those practices and beliefs that you have. That you hold dear. That are of the world. He that loves the world. And the things of the world. The ways of the world. The wants of the world. They squeeze the life of God out of our lives. Why don't you talk to him tonight and say, Lord, help me. I need your faith. I need your faith to be able to refuse the fleeting pleasures of sin. I need your faith to be able to refuse the treasures of Egypt. I need your faith. I need your faith. I need your faith, oh God. I need your faith. Help me. Help me to leave Egypt. To leave the world and all its goods. To leave the ways of God. The ways of Egypt. The wants of Egypt. All the wanting, wanting, and wanting. Yes, Lord. Help us, Lord. I want you to talk to God tonight. Talk to him tonight. Talk to him tonight. You know the areas of your life where you need to let go. That are still rooted in Egypt. That are still rooted in the world. Why don't you talk to him personally? Let your eye become connected to his eye that no one can see. Let your eye be connected to him in the name of Jesus. Sekatu praka zegata marako sekatata proko zegatuta ngelerebozum praka zegato tapraka zegata mazanto tapraka papa rakopa shekatoria mazegata karababa zegato paraba koshekata rakopa zengato teprokapa zegata. The love of the world is not of God. The ways, loving the ways of the world, loving the wants, the, 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 the wants of the world is not of God. Lift up your voice and pray for yourself. Mekeleria papako sepataria mamako sekata ngeleria mazepro kapa zegata 
ngelere bosom braka mazegata tapura babako shekata ngeleria makosandara babako zegata e maraba bababa zenderia bako sekata mekaza broka pa zegata kalaraba bazegata rababa zegata rababa ngalaraba baba zegato rababa babako zegata kalaria makosembarabako sekata mezanda taprako pa sekata rapa reke poso paria baba ngeziburo papa kozekato riamaka sekata ngeleria paka ziburo baba baba zekata by faith turn your back on egypt turn your back to the world turn your heel against the world meko rapo zekata ripa ko zekata eh maraba baba zekata mezambro kapa zekata don't love the world's ways don't love the world's goods in the name of Jesus keriapa kazembro base katota ngeleriebo sukatato pakarapa pakazega mezagata taprako pazegata keleriapa pakosekata world's goods world's ways world's goods world's ways rekebo marababababababa everything that goes on in the world wanting your own way wanting everything for yourself wanting to appear important yes they have nothing to do with the father they have nothing to do with the father they have nothing to do with the father they just isolate us from the father lord help me lord i don't want my own way i only want the way you have earmarked for me i only want the way you have chosen for me le ropa secretaria wanting everything for yourself i me myself my dog yes lord help us lord wanting to appear important has nothing to do with the father mezagato parabo sekata paro pasekata megazam prakopa zegato to prakapa zegata ngeleria pako separababa zegata keleria pase paro papako zegato parabo sekata Lift your voice and pray for yourself. Lift your voice and pray for yourself. Meko rapo zegatara to contend for the faith means you must use your faith to refuse every phenomenon, every phenomenon that is ready to weaken your spiritual journey. That is ready to weaken your spiritual journey. Yes, yes, yes. Use your faith to refuse them. Geria pako sekataria baba. Mezandarabo shekato parabo shekato ngelerie pako zekato parabo shekato ta mezandata prokapa zekata morapa rekapa sekata ta prokapa ngelerie pako sekata ta prokapa zekata ngelerie poposo kata rabako sekata ngelerie poposo brakoma zekata kelerie papa sekato rabako zekata kelerie poposo parabo kazekata ra che la ropa zengatora recapo zegatora bazega mezagata proka papa zegata mengola rababa bazegatoria baba kalaraba bazegata rababa kuzegeta ngeleria papa zeboroba basekata mezagata prako pasekata hey i want to hear you pray 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 lord help me oh god help me oh lord to grow in my faith strengthen me in my faith so that i might use my faith to refuse every phenomenon the world's ways the world's goods 
le ropa si kaze gato parabose gatota ngelerie poposo paramako ze gata rabako ze gata kala rababa ze gata rabako ze gata rabako ze gata mezemboro babako ze gata ria rega bababa ze gata rabako ze gata reke poso paria bababa ze gata lift your voice join yourself with somebody pray with somebody tonight pray with somebody and pray for your brother pray for your sister Mezanto, proka seka topa kera pora kopa zega kelerie pazata kalaro pazeta kelere pozota kalara pazega topa regege pazopa ropa pakoze gatota ngelere pozopa rabakoze gata ngelere pozopa ropa pakoze gata rakapa sekataria mezanto taprakopa zegata regebo poso kataria mezegata tapakara pakoze gata rabakoze gata Ngele rebo poso parama kose gata ngele rebo poso gata rapa kose gata kala rapa pase gata tapa rapa kose gata ngele ria papa zende rebo ngele rebo son prako ma zegata kala rapa zegede rebo poso kato ngele rebo poso wato karama pa kose gata pray mezanda ropa kose praka shekata Ngalara baba zegata raba kosegeteria pakosegata ngeleria makosenderia pakosekata ngelerepozo parama kosegeteria ngelerepopozo parama kosegeteria makosegata mezanta to prakopa zegata to regebo malara baba 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 mezamburu pakazegata ropa kazegata kela ropa kazegala ropa kazegala ropa Ngele reboso parabakose gatoro bobose gatoro ya bakose gata mezanda rabase parababa mesambra kopa se kataroba mekazamboro baba zegete ngele reboze mbrakoma se katori ya baba se kataria mezagata tabrakopa zegata kelerie papa zegeteria bobo zegata kelere boboso paramako zegeteria bobo reke poso paria baba kasakata Mezagata propa sekataria mezanda rabo sekatota ngeleria mazanda raba sekatota kalaro papa zegalara pa zegataria boza gatara kazanda ropa kazegata regebo malara baba 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 mezanda raba separoma bako sekataria mezando raba ko sekateria mazigata ngalara bazekatoto bakara bako sekateria Ngalara base boroba baba zegataria mako zengataria kazanda to prakaze gata prokapo rekebo soparo pakaze genero by faith Moses refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter are you ready to refuse to refuse the pledge of royal this was royal heritage zenderia the privilege of Egyptian royal house the privilege of the world that are able that are able to hinder your journey are you ready to refuse them are you ready to use your face to refuse certain privileges that can contaminate your journey that can short circuit your journey moses used his face to refuse them he used his face to refuse to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin the fleeting pleasures of sin he used his face to refuse to enjoy the fleeting pleasures ngelerie poso prakapa sekata mezagata parapa kosekataria reke poso parala 
He used his faith to refuse the treasures of Egypt. Instead, he used his faith to embrace disgrace for the sake of Christ. He was ready to suffer shame. He was ready to be disgraced for Christ's sake. Instead of the treasures of Egypt, he was ready to remain poor. He was ready to remain lowly. Instead of cheating, instead of going after all manners of evil ways of becoming rich. He was not ready to be blown away. You call it a blow according to the world standard. No! Kalaraba zegato parabo sekata kalaraba zegato rababa zegata reke poso parabababa sekata zenderia pakasepra kopa zeta oh malaraba bababa zegata mezandaraba sekato riaba sekatota ngeleria masemboro ba sekatato ke riaba kazemboro pa zegatota ngelere poso prakapa sekata rababa sekata Zandora baba se braka shikataria. Oh, ma se parabaku shikata. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. So let it be in the name of Jesus. Lord, energize our faith. Strengthen our faith. Empower us in faith. To be able to refuse every and all things that seeks to hinder our spiritual progress in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And the people of God say, 1 John 2, 15 to 17, we are going to read it together. Message. 1 John 2, just look at the screen. Thank you. Don't love 1 John 2, 15 to 17. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Message. So one to go. You will read it after me. I will not love. I will not love the world's ways. I refuse to love the world's goods. Love for the world. Squeezes out the love for the Father. I will not love the world in the name of Jesus. Verse 16. Practically, everything that goes on in the world, wanting my own way, wanting everything for myself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. Instead, it isolates us from Him. I refuse to be isolated. I refuse to want my own way. I refuse to want everything for myself. I refuse to want to appear important. I only want what God wants for me. I only want what God desires for me. I only want what he has earmarked for me. In the name of Jesus. The world... And all is wanting, wanting, 
one thing is on the way out. The world and all is one thing, one thing, one thing is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Lord, help me to do what only you want in the name of Jesus. Make me set for eternity. Let me love what you love. Let me hate what you hate. Help me to love what you love. Help me to hate what you hate. Help me to do what only you want. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So shall it be unto us in Jesus' name. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Please, you may be seated. Thank you, Lord. Let's package our offerings. Praise God forevermore. Let's package our offerings tonight. If you have a question, we'll give room for you according to our apostolic tradition. If you have a question, we'd like to take it. Yes, Pastor Dan. Praise God forevermore. Microphone for you in front there. Question that uh, I believe the Holy Spirit has answered within me as the ministration was going on, but I still want to um, talk about it in any ways. Uh, maybe you could shed some light. Um, of course, as you were ministering, you mentioned um, the desires and the ways of the young men and women these days. And my question was that how do we uh, for me, the Holy Spirit has answered, and the answer, answer was that the Holy Spirit can help us to determine. But the question is, how can we separate a toxic environment and what God, is, what God wants us to pass through? Uh, most, um, Joseph was, uh, well, as you ministered, God wanted Joseph to go through that, or that happened so that Joseph would not miss the train of destiny in prison, Right? But then, how do we then understand or determine that this train or is, not, is just a toxic environment, right? And for many of uh, the young fellas we have these days, uh, a lot of people don't want to go through those stuff. They begin to say, oh, the environment is toxic. It would lead to my mental breakdown and all those things, you know. So I just wanted you to shed some light regarding that. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Pastor Dan. Very, very live question. And very, you know, very practical question. Um, I say this with every sense of responsibility. When people tell me the... Okay, let me drop that, you know. Maybe it's not necessary. Now, as a child of God that you have yielded your life to Christ and you are ready to obey God, you must understand that the ways of a man is not in himself. That God is the one that directs our path. So if you are one that is yielded to the Lord and you know that he's the one that is directing your path, 
when you find yourself in a toxic environment, you know it is part of the leading of God. Are you with me? So, your attitude is different. There is a lesson God wants me to learn here. So I will humble myself to learn it. Because I know 100 years is not forever. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the scriptures. Look at Joseph. I look at David. He was anointed the next king before his brethren. Right? And shortly after, he found himself in the king's palace. Not by his own self-invitation. He was invited. The moment David was anointed, the anointing lifted from Saul's head. Can I have an amen? And a troubling spirit began to trouble him. So they were like, look, who is going to... And then one of the servants spoke, King, be like, say, you don't do scone, scone. <laughs> But if we get somebody who knows how to play the harp, it will calm you down. And say, ah, where can we find such a person? Then somebody said, ah, I know there's a young boy. You know, he's a young boy, man of war. He's, you know, he knows how to play the harp. Go and look for him. So they went to look for David. And David began to play. And the moment he plays the harp, what happens? The king's body calms down. So that was his introduction to the palace. Praise the Lord. Is it a good invitation? Yes. But what did he find there? As he went back and came back, his father said, go and check out your brothers that are in the war front. Did he send himself to the war front? From there, he saw that there was a Goliath that was tormenting the whole country. What's, what's happening here? Ah, the king said he would give his daughter to whoever is able to fight this guy. Are you sure? He said yes. And his father's house will no more pay tax in Israel. Really? Ah, tell me more. His brothers came and said, you are a stupid boy. We know you, know, you are always doing long truth. What are you looking for here? You know the story. He ended up defeating Goliath. And then what happened? The women began to sing. Saul has killed his thousand. David has killed his tens of thousands. And then what happened? Envy set into the king. And then the king began to look for a way to exterminate him. Where I'm going is this. The toxic environment that he found himself in Saul's palace. Was it a divine orchestration? Or it just... It was a toxic environment that you needed to get out of. I'm going somewhere with, you know, just follow me. So what I'm saying is, this young boy has never been exposed to family politics. Even though family politics 101 was the one that pushed him to the desert. And they didn't allow him to show up. This is why I beg. Praise God. But God knows that to equip this guy this guy must go and learn something in the palace of how not to be a king. So God orchestrated his journey to end up in the palace. To learn how not to be a king. Right? That will come handy for him in years to come. So where I'm going is, as a child of God, you must understand that your ways are not in your hands. Your times are not in your times. So once you have released and yielded yourself, wherever he directs you to part time, once you are yielded to him, there must be lessons there to be learned. And, you know, 
So just humble yourself and learn those lessons. And not to enter there and say, this is a toxic environment. You are missing out. Because the things that God intended that toxicity to strengthen in you, those muscles will not be developed. And by the time you get to the promised land, it may be those things that will terminate your destiny. Praise the Lord. I don't know whether anybody got the message. You know, so where I'm going, so to bring it home, my advice to young people and old alike, the moment you are in Christ, the ways are no longer yours. Even the life you are living, my popular Second Corinthians 5.15. Please flash it on the screen for us. When you live by those dictates, then you know that this life, you are not living it for yourself. Praise God. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life. Please give it to me in the New King James. He died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. So who are you living for? If you are not living for yourself, and you find yourself in a toxic environment, it's the one you are living for that orchestrated your steps there. Right? Because there are lessons for you to learn there that will equip you for the place you are going. Can I have an amen? So once these little, little scriptures are settled in your heart, if you find yourself in a situation, well, Lord, it pleases you to bring me here. Praise God. That's, that's my attitude to life. Can I have an amen? Because I know that my life is yielded to God. It's no longer mine. So anything that happens to me has the divine hand of God behind it. There must be a reason. Why is allowing me to pass through this fire at this point in time? Lord, help me to learn the lessons. When we have that attitude, no situation will be toxic. Which to- where is the toxicity coming from? Where is it coming from? What will you say of Christ? Look at all he went through. What will you say of him? Look at Apostle Paul. Look at the yapis he was given. There was nobody that was as embarrassed as Apostle Paul. And yet, he contributed the greatest to the New Testament. Praise God. They will yap him. In many instances in Second Corinthians, he had to be defending himself. So you may have many mentors, but you don't have many fathers. I'm still your father in Christ. Because they weren't respecting him. People were persecuting him. They were do- Look, nobody was as persecuted as Christ in the New Testament, as Paul, among all the apostles. And yet he did the greatest work. Go and study him. So where I'm going is this. Once you allow these things to settle in your heart, look, it's not you. And this is what I want. That is what I want. I'm dead to such stuff. Wherever I find myself, it is your will at this point in time. Lord, what next? So once that is your attitude, you know that your ways are not yours. It's the one that is ordering your steps. The steps of the righteous, they are what? Ordered by the Lord. They are ordered. So it's the one ordering your steps. So whatever place you find yourself, there are lessons to learn there. There are victories to be wrought. There are battles to fight. Hallelujah. And then you just keep going one day at a time. Praise God forevermore. I don't know whether that has helped to throw some light. So please, young men and young women, give Sister Ronke the mic. Stop feeling that you are going through a toxic situation. Now, let me create a, a little balance. A little balance. 
there are certain situations and you made mention of it. The Holy Spirit will tell you when you are in a situation and an environment, when your time is up there, you know your time is up. I was in Quara State. I got born again in Quara State. Right? And I was there. I didn't, there was no other place that was attractive to me. Because at that point, it was a season of growth for me. So I was ready to stay there. And for three years that I was there, it was the greatest time of growth of my life. I was stretched in all manners of ways spiritually. And when the time was up, I knew my time was up in this town. When they were going to found our church in Lagos in 1992, then Rema Chapel, they wanted me to, because the guy who was going there to pastor it was a friend, they wanted me, but I knew, no, my time is not yet up here. I have not learned enough here. Praise God. I was a Lagos boy. I could easily well have gone with them to Lagos and have become, you know, one of the big guys of the church. But I knew my time was not up. I wasn't ready. Do you understand? So I stayed behind. And when my time was up in 1993, I knew there was nothing here for me. I traveled to Lagos in February because I knew my time was up. When I got to Lagos, I was still feeling out of place. I'd left since 1989. I was feeling, you know, strange. And I ran back to Ilori. And God said, no, your time is up here. I packed all my kaya. I went. I stayed put. Praise the Lord. So when the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, when that place, your time is up there, you know that, well, whatever is now left, if you don't obey God, yeah, you will bear the consequences. Can I have an amen? So that's the little balance I would like to bring in there. Yes, Sister Duncan. Amen. Praise God. I'm in the spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. I hope you've had a good time. So please, young people, old, please, this idea of depression. I'm almost depressed. What is depressing you? I beg of you. Isaiah 26 verse 4. He will keep in perfect peace. They whose mind is stayed upon him for his trusting in the Lord. When your mind is fixed on the Lord, when your mind, you are looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, where is the room for depression? Just look up to him. They looked up to him and they were not ashamed. Look up to him. Let him strengthen you. Let him encourage you. If no man encourages you, remember David in 1 Samuel chapter 30. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Verse 7. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Oh, there's nobody and nobody is talking to me. Where is the Holy Spirit? He's the comforter. There is no human being that can comfort you like the Holy Spirit. So turn to him. Oh, there was even nobody visiting me. Who visited Paul in Arabia when he was there for 14 years? Holy Spirit is able to do a better job. Shout hallelujah. Am I saying there is no room for human encouragement of one another? No, there is room for that. But your eyes must be fixed on the Lord and Master Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Amen. Let's rise up on our feet. Have we given our offerings? Okay, please, shall we? Father, shall we lift up our offerings? Father in heaven, we thank you for the privilege you have given us to bring up our substances into your presence. Let our offerings, let our tithes be acceptable before you in Jesus' name. Multiply these seeds that are sown and increase the fruit of our righteousness in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah.
as the offerings go, we want to thank God for how he has helped us. Please, let's learn to wait upon the Lord. Let's allow our hearts to be open to the Holy Spirit. He's able to lead us. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. Romans 8.14. Technology, please give us Romans 8.14 and 15. Romans 8.14 and 15. So please, if you're a child of God, it's important. You know the Holy Spirit is resident on your inside. The two verses together, thank you. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to what? But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. He's your Father. There's no fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Hallelujah. Let's wave our hands to the Lord and appreciate him for tonight. Father, we are grateful to you because we are your children. We are led by your spirit. Your spirit will lead us and guide us in all that we do, in all our ways. Father, we yield ourselves to you for your leading. Lead us. Guide us. Protect us. Lead us in the way that we should go. Reveal your secret to us. Psalm 25 verse 12. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. Yes, Lord. Reveal your secrets to us regarding our lives. Reveal them to us. Reveal them to us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And Lord, as we go, go ahead of us. Go with us in the name of Jesus. Strengthen us in our faith. Encourage us in our faith. Help us to be able to refuse all of those things that are contending with our spiritual journeys in the name of Jesus. Help us to be able to exercise self-restraint, self-control in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, to be able to take a stand with Christ in the name of Jesus. To be able to choose to be mistreated even with the people of God instead of fleeting, instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. No sin will hold us back. The worldly ways will not short-circuit us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. May we take up benediction together. And we have come to the end of yet another intriguing session of the PPA Fan Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message has touched your heart and inspired you to be a light in your marketplace. So, in order to stay connected and access more empowering content, kindly visit our website at ppafan.org. Now, always remember, you are a citizen of heaven and God's ambassador here on earth. May God's love and grace guide you in all your endeavors. Until next time, goodbye and God bless.